Support for Market Foolery comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Home plays a big role in your life. That's why Quicken Loans created Rocket Mortgage. It lets you apply simply and understand the entire mortgage process fully so you can be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com/fool. It's Tuesday, January 9th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio for Million Dollar Portfolio, Matt Argusinger. Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. We're going to dip into the full mailbag. We are going to get Maddie's look ahead for 2018, but let's start with retail. Yesterday it was Kohl's, today it is Target. Shares of Target up 3% this morning. Holiday same store sales came in higher than expected. They raised guidance for the fourth quarter and the full fiscal year. Nice. Starting to be a theme here. It, in well, the, in the retail space. Well, and it's it, it, yeah, it, it's starting to be a theme, and it's going to make it all the more horrible for any significant bricks and mortar retailer who comes out and doesn't put up these kind of numbers, or 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 doesn't do better than expected, because it's not going to be one of those situations where you can just say, well, it was just one of those years. That's right. I mean, because and I'll be the first to admit, I I was. Probably way too pessimistic, as probably a lot of us were looking at traditional retailers, and they've had a great holiday season. And part of me thinks, thinking about the stock price, that's mainly just because expectations got so bad, and so everyone was really just feeling that these Target, Kohl's, you name it, was going to have a horrible season. Comps were going to be negative. The guidance was going to be terrible. And you know, if you stand back and look at the numbers, it's not as if. These are world-beating numbers. We're talking about comms growth of three percent. You know, their their guide for the full year. If you look at Target's full 2017 comp sales, were only up about one percent, and they're guiding for low single digits in 2018. Not phenomenal numbers, and and their digital sales are growing 25 percent, which you'd expect they would. They made a lot of investments there. To me, it's still a relatively muddled picture of what retailers can expect now and going forward. But I have to say, like. The numbers they put out this holiday season certainly expectations got way too negative. They're obviously crushing those expectations, and so stocks are up. I'm glad you mentioned the online sales because I looked at that number, and I think I might have had at least a similar reaction to you, which was 25% growth in e-commerce. That's pretty good, but I think it's only pretty good. I think if you are right, if you are a Target shareholder. You're looking at that number and thinking, what can we do to push that higher? Because they're not in the earliest stages. They're not working off of an incredibly low base, and yet they are still far behind. I don't want to say they're far behind where they should be, but they got to get that number higher. Oh yeah, I mean Walmart, I think is growing at like two x that. Yeah, and so yeah, as a target shareholder, I am worried about that because yeah, this this important, extremely important part of the business, still a relatively small part of revenue. It should be growing a lot faster. I mean, I think the overall e-commerce market's probably growing in the mid-teens, and so I would expect Target, starting from a relatively small base compared to others, should be growing faster. I was saying this uh, to you this morning that uh, Motley Fool Money, the most recent episode, we we did our preview for 2018, um, and uh, we had five analysts on the show. You were not among them, so I uh, I'm curious to get your take on. The market in general, and what you're going to be watching for in 2018, because once again we we start the year on this incredible streak, ah, amazing this bull market that will stop at some point, but shows no signs of slowing right now. Yeah, I. You look back at 2017 quickly. Market was up 21.8 percent 
great. I mean, one of the best years of this now eight going on nine year bull market that we've had. And you know, the two portfolios I I manage here, the full, they were up over thirty one percent. And so, anytime you have a year like that, you're saying, well. Obviously, 2018, the next year is not going to be as good. It can't possibly be as good. It felt like everything went right in 2017. The volatility was so low. At the same time, you know, you have to look at the if you look at the U.S. economy, strongest we've been probably in two decades by some measures. You have this tax bill that was recently passed that's only going to help most corporations earn more profits, generate more cash flow, either reinvest in the business, make acquisitions. Or also, you know, buy back stock, pay pay higher dividends. Those are helpful to investors. And if you look at the valuation of the market, yeah, it's it's probably extreme historically. We're at we're at high levels, but it's not. If you think if you factor in the earnings growth we're going to have this year, the low interest rates that are still low and probably will stay low for a while, valuations aren't actually that stretched. And so it's not. You you can make the argument that 2018 could be as good, if if not better. I'm scared saying this, but it could be better than 2017. I'm glad you mentioned the valuation because I've I've noticed something as I I'm, I look at financial media every day, and I've noticed something pop up here and there over the last few months amongst some talking heads and some analysts, which is conflating what is happening with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and the run of the stock market, and attempting to make the case that the market is. Just like it was in ninety nine, two thousand, and essentially saying this is this is going to end just as badly as that time around. And I just sort of go, wait a minute. Yeah. Those are first of all, those are two completely different things. Set the Bitcoin cryptocurrency stuff aside for the moment, and let's if you want to just focus on the valuation of the market and some of these companies, let's do that. And when you do that, it's not as scary as back then. No, no, it's not. You know, if you go back to the late nineties, the mania was the stock market. Now the mania is crypto assets, which I don't fully comprehend, and I don't think most people do. But that's it's 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 to me you can't you have to compartmentalize that and then look at the overall stock market. Stock market twenty times earnings roughly, depending on the measure you look at, maybe eighteen times forward earnings for the S and P. You know, it's high relatively on a historical basis, not outlandish. Anything in particular you're watching? Any predictions you want to make that can be reckless or otherwise? Two predictions. I don't think either are reckless. Uh, um, I'm not, you know, in the Jason Moser camp of making these outlandish calls or anything. <laughs> but uh, well, you know, one prediction I do have, and we already kind of talked about it. But th- this rally we're seeing in retail probably justified on the fundamentals. You know, better than expected results. Stocks got very cheap. But I would caution investors getting optimistic about any of these companies. I, you know, uh, they're facing a severe Maybe it's not severe, but they're they're facing, I think, the early stages of a crisis, which is just, uh, you know, the idea that the consumer, I think, is shifting from one that is sort of focused on cost savings and shifting over to something, someone that's co- uh, focusing on time savings. What I mean by that is, someone's time and convenience are now more valuable than saving ten percent or saving a dollar by going by going and buying something at a store, and and that I think is a very powerful dynamic. I think it's rolling across. The consumer landscape, and I think that just favors the online retailer so much. And so, if you're a, reta- a traditional retailer, like a Target, for example, who hasn't made I think as big a strides as a Walmart, um, or if you're a Kohl's, I just I just think you're going to be behind the eight ball. And uh, I, as an investor, I just wouldn't get excited about them. I I, I, I certainly wouldn't 
think that this is a turning point or an inflection point for traditional retail. Particularly when you look at what's happening with commercial real estate and and sort of the different classifications of malls. This is a point that uh, Carl Quintanilla from CNBC made yeah. at uh, at the end of the year on Motley Full Money, just uh, saying when when you run the numbers on different classifications of malls, we're going to see absolutely going to see more store closings in 2018. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then and just one more point on that. It's uh, if you look at the billions that Target we talked about or Walmart that they've spent on their e-commerce either through acquisitions or investing in their businesses, not a dent in Amazon's share of of holiday retail sales uh, online this past season. So, you know, in a way they're fighting a losing battle at that stage and of course we know the pressures on their core business is just going to get Get heavier. Uh, before we dip into the full mailbag, I want to say thanks to Rocket Mortgage. Um, if you're getting a mortgage, if you're refinancing your existing home loan, you you know this is not easy. It's not a walk in the park. And when you're making a big financial decision like that, you want to be as confident as you are at your job or your life in general. And Rocket Mortgage gives you that same level of confidence when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. It's simple. Rocket Mortgage allows you to fully understand all the details so you can be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, just go to rocketmortgage.com. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states and MLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. MarketFoolery at fool.com is our email address. I want to say thanks to Mark Hardesty, who's a longtime listener and Fool member, who sent a, a great note last night with an update about him and his wife, Isabel, also a longtime listener. So, so thank you to Mark for sending that. From Matt Holzman in Denver, Colorado Given your past conversations that you've had about the first company to hit $1 trillion in market cap, I'd love to know what you think about this story. And he sent a link to a story on the CNN Money website mm-hmm. from a few weeks back about an analyst at Evercore who thinks Microsoft could hit the $1 trillion market cap by the year 2020. Right now, Microsoft, let me just go through the top five or six in terms of market cap. You've got Apple, $894 billion. Alphabet 770 billion, Microsoft just over 680 billion, Amazon at 600 billion, Facebook 546 billion, and Alibaba at just underneath the 500 billion mark, 486. Um, so Microsoft at 683 billion dollars. I mean, my my first reaction is, yeah, I think they absolutely could get to one trillion by the year 2020. They could. It would need the stock would need to go up about fifteen percent a year for the next three years to get there by the end of two thousand twenty. Yeah, I do think Microsoft eventually gets there. That seems fast to me, just because if you look at Microsoft, even though the cloud business is growing like bonkers, and it's definitely going to be a leader in that space. Overall, for Microsoft, revenue profits kind of flat, not not growing appreciably, and that might be the case for a little while longer. Um, you also have got to remember Microsoft's buying back billions of dollars worth of stock, which actually works against the trillion dollar idea because they're taking shares out of the marketplace. And so the stock price itself actually might have to go up more than 15% to actually get to $1 trillion market cap just because they're buying you know, $10, $15 billion worth of stock back every year. So there's a little bit more of a hurdle there. So I'd say, Matt, I, I, think, I think Microsoft gets there. 
And uh, it's just, I think three years is a bit of a stretch. I'd say if you look at Apple, you mentioned the market cap, they're only 12% away. Right. So Apple's like one good year, maybe one good half year away right. from getting to a trillion. <laughs> they're a good, yeah, I was going to say, they're. I was going to say one good quarter, but no, yeah, well, I think, I think one, you're right. They well, need, they need two. Uh, and then you know, I my my favorite in the race, even though I've it's 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 had a nice run. It's just that Apple's also had a nice run. But I, Amazon's been my favorite in the race, just because the business is growing at above twenty percent. Um, I think it deserves the, the extreme multiple it's getting. Um, and if you look at the implied cash flow that. Amazon could generate if it did invest the way it is. It it's gonna get to a trillion dollars. Maybe not by 2020 because that would require for Amazon about 25% return per year, which is yeah, a little high. But uh, you know, I think I think it gets there. I think the first two on this list, Al, uh, Apple and Alphabet. I think by 2020, yeah, that's as as close to a sure thing bet as I think feels, you would get. Feels like a lock. I mean, yeah, Apple's so close, and yeah, Google. I mean, we're looking at uh, you know, am I. If it goes up fifteen percent two in the next two years, it gets there. So, yeah, it's it's fun. It's going to be fun to see see which one gets there. Alibaba, Tencent. Do you th- do you think either one of? I mean, they're they're both so enormous, um, and I I don't own shares of either of them, but it it feels like either one of them could. Well, maybe not leapfrog Apple or Alphabet, but it's entirely possible they could leapfrog the others. I, they could, because the growth rates for those companies are, are even much, much faster. I think Alibaba's growing at 40, 45%, Tencent's similar growth rates. And so, and hey, you know, the, the market that they dominate is kind is of a big market. Kind of a big, kind of big market. <laughs> now, the ability for them to stretch outside of that, as an Amazon can or an Apple can, you know, that's a little bit to question, but you're right. The, the market they they're leading is is so vast, and so and the growth rate is is going to stay high for a very long time. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. Dan Boyd, our man behind the glass, is back behind the glass. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.